Serena. When I returned to my room hours later, Nina looked fainter, her edges floating in the air like steam. Baba's words from earlier run through my mind. They would be lost forever. But I push them away and lead Nina outside to play while Baba and the house sleep. We spin cartwheels in the sand and squander water-building sandcastles. Maybe the dwindling supplies in the butts will encourage the house to move off to somewhere where it rains, like the coast. If the house were to move near the ocean, maybe Nina would be so happy she would forget about her past. When she talks about her family, she gets sad and wants to go home. She doesn't realise she can't. She doesn't realise she's dead. There's an unsettling ache in my stomach. As much as I'm trying to distract Nina from her memories, I'm trying to distract myself from the thought that at some point I should probably tell her the truth. But then I'd lose her. Is it so bad to want to have a friend for more than one night? I keep leading our conversations back to the present or the future. We talk about the things we want to do when we grow up. She wants to be a farmer, like her father, growing food and flowers in the desert, filling dry and empty sand with life. She says if you plant the right seeds, you can cultivate not only plants, but soil, water, insects, birds and animals. She says you can create whole worlds by planting tiny seeds and nurturing what grows. She asks me what I want to be. I don't tell her I'm destined to be the next guardian. I imagine that my future is undecided. I could be an artist like Benjamin, or a teacher, or an actress in a theatre. I think of all the jobs I've read about in books that involve working with the living, enjoying life, and my heart swells. Then I imagine that I could live in a normal house, a house without legs, and stay in one place and make friends. When the sun rises high overhead, the house begins to stir. Its front door yawns lazily and its legs stretch out over the hot sand. We retreat to the shade and privacy of the back porch and feed Benji while throwing scraps of food up into the air for Jack to catch until he tires of us and hides on the roof in the shadow of the chimney. I tell Baba I'm reading the book of Yaga, the crumbly old guidebook for Yaga, so she starts cooking without me and Nina shows me bustards flying on the horizon in the light afternoon. Her eyes light up as she remembers chameleons and cobras she found in her garden, and how her father once showed her the burrow of a desert fox, and I have to distract her again because she gets homesick. I talk about the crashing waves of the ocean and giant whales that breach the surface after a storm. Dusk comes all too soon, and I sneak Nina back into my room through the window and leave to light the skulls. I feel heavy. I tell myself it's tiredness, but I know in my heart it's something far deeper. Something to do with Nina and not telling her the truth. The first of the dead to arrive looks so much like Nina I panic, thinking she's left my room to find the gate. But the girl is a few years older. She has the same long dark hair and shining copper eyes. The same look of confusion, like she's lost and her memories are just out of reach. Baba wraps a shawl around her 
ushers her to the table and pours her a drink of kvass. You are dead, my child, Baba says brightly. I turn to her in surprise because I understand her perfectly, even though she's speaking in the language of the dead. You're here to celebrate your life and move on with joy. You're about to leave this earth and embark on a long journey to return to your place in the stars. The girl stares at Baba and catches her infectious smile. I'm dead, she repeats uncertainly. Yes, your time on earth is over and you're here to prepare for the death journey. It will be both challenging and wonderful. But before you go, we can celebrate your life and memories. Would you like some borscht? Marinka, could you get some borscht for our guest, please? What's your, what is your name, child? Serena. I was ill. Her eyes narrow as she tries to remember. Like my mother and my sisters. I drop the ladle into the cauldron. She sounds just like Nina. How many sisters did you have? Baba asks. Five. Thank you. Serena takes a bowl from me and sniffs the steaming red liquid. We lived on the edge of the desert. My father planted alinas all around the house. It is Nina's sister. It has to be. I glance over to my bedroom door. The handle turns slowly and a crack widens between the door and the frame. I rush over and squeeze myself inside, pushing Nina back. She looks at me wide-eyed and curious. I thought I heard my sister. No, I shake my head vigorously. They're my grandmother's friends. You have to stay in here. But it sounds like her. She leans around me like an invisible string is pulling her to the door. It's not, I snap and take a deep breath and try to speak calmly. Please stay in here, Nina. Watch Jack for me. I add as I notice him pacing along the footbed. Of the I'll bring you some scraps to feed him in a little while. Nina nods reductantly, her gaze still drawn to the door. Promise, I press. It's important. Nina looks at me and sighs. I promise. I shut the door and rush straight over to Baba, practically dragging her away from the dead woman she's now talking to. I want to guide Serena through the gate, I whisper urgently. Baba looks at me in surprise. That's wonderful. But the gate isn't even open yet. I look past the gathering dead to the corner of the room where the gate always appears and stifle a groan. If you really want to help, the first stage is to listen. Baba nods over to where Serena sits, daintily nibbling some shakshak. Let her tell you her memories and relive her time on earth. She'll only be ready to move on when she's identified what she has gained from this life and said her goodbyes. My eyebrows fall. Why does guiding have to be so complicated? Why can't I just say the death journey words and send her on her way? Go on, Baba nudges me towards Serena. It's easy. Ask her about her life and listen to her. Really listen. I walk slowly over to Serena. Hello, I smile uncomfortably. I'm Marinka. I'm Serena. She smiles back, looking so much like Nina, I feel I know her already. So, I try to think of what to ask, hoping this won't take long. 
I want Serena to go through the gate as quickly as possible so no Nina doesn't hear her and comes looking for her. You live near the desert? Yes. Serena starts talking and the strangest things happen. She tells me about her house and her family. All things I've heard from Nina. But as she does so, my house and the dead crowded round the table and the fire all fade away until I could barely see them. It's like part of me is literally transported into Serena's garden. I feel earth beneath my feet, smell flowers as if they were right under my nose and hear the rustle and chirp of birds hiding in the leaves. Then I feel her emotions. My heart races as she chases swallowtails and bursts with joy when her sisters are born. I have to clench my teeth to stop from crying out when I feel her mother die. I wonder if this is what Papa meant when she said the dead's lives would add to mine. If it is, I don't like it. It's frightening having someone else's memories and feelings inside my head. It's time. Papa touches my arm and the house swings back into focus. The gate is open, everything in the room bending towards it. Far away, almost imperceptible in the darkness, galaxies swirl and erupt with colour. What do you take with you to the stars? Papa asks Serena. The love of my family and home. She replies without question, and it makes such perfect sense that I clap my hands together. That's what I feel too. That's what lasting impressions of her life is. Baba kisses Serena on both cheeks and nods to me. I know what I have to do. I lead Serena to the gate, the death journey words flowing from my mouth without hesitation. May you have strength on the long and arduous journey ahead. The stars are calling for you. Move on with gratitude for your time on Earth. Every moment now, an eternity. You carry with you memories of infinite love. The love of your family and home. Serena steps into the gate and drifts away into the darkness. Peace at returning to the stars. The great circle is complete. Clouds roll above me and an ocean washes far below. Rainbows flash across the glassy mountains. I feel like I recognise this place, like I've been here before. It's a memory so tangible, yet just out of reach. I lean into the gate, thinking it will help me remember. But Babby yanks me back with so much force my shoulder joint pops. You must never cross the threshold. Babby's wrinkles fall into a deep frown. You must never step into the gate. An icy shiver runs along my bones. I've never seen Baba look so stern and I prickle with the sensation that I've brushed against some great disaster and only just survived. But I don't understand the danger, or Baba's reaction, or the strange feeling I had when I leaned into the gate. 